Hi, this is Mike Adamo, and today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to prepare for a telephone interview. First of all, let's talk about the goal of a phone interview. The, the primary goal of a phone interview is to get yourself invited for a face-to-face -face interview. So don't lose sight of that. Um, nobody ever gets hired off the phone. And so the goal is not to oversell yourself or try, um, quote-unquote, too hard. Um, to get hired here. It's simply to give the person that's interviewing you enough information to get them interested in bringing you in for a face-to-face -face, and also to determine from both sides, so mutually determine whether or not the position that's um, being discussed is uh, fit for you and um, is a is a fit that you're a fit for the organization that's interviewing you so that's the goal of the phone interview so um, let's go through some key points in preparing for a phone interview um, number one, it's important to understand that phone interviews sometimes get um, blown off. Um, it's it's not uncommon. People have very busy schedules, and so even though you yourself uh, probably have um, taken quite a bit of time and had a little bit of stress um, preparing for this interview, it, it may not happen, and so don't take that personally. Um, honestly, take it as an opportunity because when a phone interview does get missed, it sets you in a um, actually in a positive position with the manager because now they're in a position of disadvantage. They've let you down, and now they sort of feel bad. And so um, normally that puts you in a little bit better position. So um, don't get angry, don't get upset. Just simply email, call, follow up with the manager, and and be understanding and say, hey. Um, I understand that uh, you're probably busy and things got away from you. Uh, I'm waiting uh, for our phone interview. If you're still available, let me know. If not, let's reschedule. And uh, chances are you'll start that phone interview off in a good position. Um, so that's uh, that's one part. Um, number two is uh, kind of preparing for the phone interview. So number one, pick a place that's quiet and private to do that phone interview. Um, ideally, you do this phone interview from home on a landline phone. Now, we all don't have landline phones anymore, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. But I, what I wouldn't do is do it from a cell phone while you're driving. Uh, dropped calls can be pretty annoying. And again, um, it's the little things that can potentially influence people's perceptions of you. So you want to stack the odds in your favor. And one of the ways to do that is to um, put together an environment that's going to make you effective. Um, if you are in an office, um, you can close the door. That's probably a decent opportunity. But if you sit in a cubicle or you're not in a private place, um, one of the places I think is most optimal for a phone interview is actually your car. If you sit in your car in a nice, quiet, private place, you can set up a little mobile office in your car, a notepad, um, your phone, a pencil, and uh, or pen, and a copy of your resume. Um, and those are the things you should have in front of you when you take the phone interview so that you're ready to go. On that notepad, you should have a list of questions for the um, hiring manager asking about the position as well as um, some other things that we're going to talk about and also probably a general outline of how the call will go so that you can focus on um, managing your um, behavior and communication in the phone interview. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but now we're hitting a quick list. So um, a couple other tips. Um, you know, it's good to have a glass of water near you. You know, if you're talking a lot, your throat can get dry. Um, also, you should have uh, some way of keeping time in front of you. So probably your cell phone or a car phone or a clock. Um, and, and that's important because, again, you don't want to be the person that's rambling on in the phone interview and then all of a sudden the person has uh, 30 minutes put together for a phone interview and you're through 25 minutes and you're trying to rush to get the last two things. So you know what? You should really um, 
keep track of time, and we'll talk about the different sections of a phone interview so that you can um, kind of keep things organized and you can be where you need to be um, when you should be during the phone interview. Because again, you're setting a perception of yourself, and the perception you want to create for people is that you have your stuff together, that you're organized, professional, punctual. Uh, those are all things that get people hired. Um, rambling on in a phone interview, uh, running through 25 minutes of the 30 minutes that you have available is not something that's going to um, stack the deck in your favor. So you want to manage time and you want to be the person doing that. Um, in terms of, uh, of preparation, um, what I would do is I certainly would go to the company website. If you're working with a recruiter, the recruiter should prepare you. But if you're working directly without a recruiter, um, I would study the company website a little bit, understand what their sales are, key product areas, maybe read some press releases. Um, I'd also probably, if they're a public company, listen to one or two of their earnings calls, see what analysts are asking about. And then the other thing I would do is I'd go on to LinkedIn if possible, and go to the hiring manager's LinkedIn page and learn a little bit about them so you understand about the company, the person, and uh, if there's a job description, which is optimal, then also read the job description so you know a little bit more about the job. Um, so that's, that's probably how I would uh, prep. Um, also, you should prepare by writing on your resume. You want to um, review and, and uh, kind of highlight the key things that you want to emphasize in the uh, interview uh, process. You might want to even put in um, some um, PAR stories, and we'll talk about that a little bit um, when we talk about how to answer interview questions, um, but I'll leave a teaser that you might want to put um, a PAR story or two in there. Um, Actually, let's go into that right now. So when you interview for a job, um, people are probably going to ask you behavioral-based interviews. And uh, that can sound pretty scary. Uh-oh, they busted out the behavioral-based interviews. What does that actually mean? So um, there's sort of factual-based interviewing and behavioral-based interviewing. So a factual interview is, um, do you solve um, technical engineering problems? Yes or no? Do you know C++? Um, can you type at least 50 words per minute? Those are not behavioral interview questions. A behavioral interview question is a question that asks about a situation, an action, and a behavior. So tell me about a time where you solved a complex engineering problem. That's a behavioral-based question. They're asking about a situation and a behavior. And you should be prepared to answer those type of questions by writing down some behavioral-based stories that you might want to focus on. And those would be focused around your accomplishments. When we spoke about resumes in a previous episode of this podcast, we talked about you needing to have many, many accomplishments in your resume. This is why you need those accomplishments. Or part of it is to be able to form par problem action result stories around those. So the way to answer behavioral-based questions is to use either PAR or PARLA. Those are two different models. They're basically the same thing, and I'll explain them both. So PAR stands for Problem Action Result. Sometimes you'll hear it as SAR, Situation Action Result. And basically, it's what's the problem, what did you do to address the problem, and what was the result of that problem? Now, Parla is just an extension on that, which is what's problem, action, result, what did you learn, and how did you apply it? So let's do an example of this. I'll just ask a real interview question. 
Tell me about a time where you resolved a problem with a coworker. Okay, whoa, now I've answered this, I've gone, okay, in my head, I'm going, this is a behavioral-based interview question. So the first tip I give people in answering any interview question is to repeat that question back to the interviewer. The reason for this is you want to make sure you're answering the right question. You know, sometimes it gets loud. Um, Where I used to work, there was airplanes that went overhead, so maybe I'd miss part of things. And so it's important to summarize the question back and check for understanding. This also is part of active listening and shows that you're a good listener. So the way I would would go about that is I say, okay, you want to know about a time where I resolved a conflict with a coworker. Okay. And, and when you answer this, you want to be specific. Give details. The reason for this is you know, anyone can make up a story. We don't want to make up stories. We really use facts. And so details support sto- fa- facts support the, the, the fact that it's not a made-up story. So this, um, this situation happened about three years ago. Um, I was working on a project to uh, design a new surgical instrument, and the quality person I was working with um, was a really difficult person. You know, they were really mean to me. They um, constantly criticized me, um, and, and so you know we weren't getting along. And so that was that was the problem. The action I took is. Um, you know, I really tried to, at first I tried to uh, work with this person. I tried to um, impress them with my work ethic. I tried to turn the other cheek and, and it didn't work. So what I did is I um, set up some time to speak to the person and give them some feedback. And I, I in preparation for that, I wrote down the specific um, issues or challenges I had with that person. Um, and I also had some ideas on how we could work better. So I sat down with the person and I... Um, reviewed these um, issues and and it turns out that um, they had an, a run-in with me they they thought I did something that I, that I didn't do about a year before and we were able to clarify that and then talk about how we would work better together um, and so as a result of that we actually have a really strong relationship now and um, actually that person is one of my references so um, that's a problem, an action, and a result. Now, if it was a parlor that I wanted to use, then I'd say, so what I learned out of this is when you're dealing with an issue, it's better not to brush it under the table. It's better not to try to just impress the person. It's better to, to sit down face-to-face and talk about the issues and resolve them in a direct way. And how I've applied that, see, parla, I've applied that is um, now when there are these situations where there's someone that's difficult to work with, um, I, I always go to them first and talk about those issues, and uh, it's really helped me have more positive and, and constructive relationships in business. So that's uh, a little mini piece about um, behavioral-based interview and PAR stories. Um, hopefully in an upcoming episode, I will spend an entire episode talking about how to interview. But again, in a phone interview, we're just touching on the surface. So um, the next piece around um, interviewing that I would um, advise you on is to speak loudly and enthusiastically over the phone, but don't scream. This is really important. You know, I I deal with this when I'm doing podcasting. I don't want to be boring. I want to be interesting and exciting, and I want to have a voice that you want to listen to. But many of you don't work on the phone all the time. And realize that only about 20% of your enthusiasm and energy come across when it's just your voice. 
You don't want to be the mousy person that maybe wants the job that you might want to hire. You want to be the person that's compelling, exciting, interesting, the person that they want to hire. And the way you do that is you speak enthusiastically into the phone. You can stand up. That'll help. You can smile. That'll help. You can put some energy forth. And this isn't easy. In the beginning, it's kind of hard. You feel like you're being fake. But at the end of the day, if you practice this a little bit, you'll be more effective on the phone, not just in, in interviews, but in business. So, you know, as someone who works on the phone all the time, uh, I probably do this pretty naturally. In fact, people say I'm pretty loud in person. So um, I guess it's, uh, it's carried over to my life. But, uh, you know, having that enthusiasm and energy in your, in your call will really carry through. And you want to be seen as someone who is enthusiastic and energetic. Um, most people don't want to hire the... Um, the, the wet, drippy rag, the um, bump on a log. They want to hire the enthusiastic, energetic employee that's going to get it done. So be that person over the phone. Um, remember, it, it might sound like you're being fake and bubbly and overly energetic, but only about 10 to 20% of your energy comes across in the phone. So you might sound really excited to you, but you probably sound a lot less excited to that person. So pump it up a little bit and trust me it'll help you be more effective in your phone interviews um, so we talked a little bit about this but I'll give you a little more um, proactively listen so don't interrupt the interviewer when they're asking or answering a question um, but make sure you um, repeat what the interviewer says when they ask a question to, uh, to, to check for understanding um, another couple things, just kind of uh, procedural things, is if they ask you about money in a phone interview, um, well, one, it's probably a good sign because uh, asking people about money is, is what they call a buying sign or a sign of interest. Uh, but for you, don't uh, torpedo yourself by getting into that conversation. Um, the advice the advice I give on the money question is if someone asks you about money, what I say in a phone interview is, hey, you know, um, this is pretty early in the process. Really what I want to find out is the good fit for both of us. Um, my current salary is blank. There's no reason not to tell the current salary. I'm sure if this is the right opportunity, uh, you'll make me a fair offer. And that's about what I keep it to. And if they say, well, what are you looking for? You say, well, I'm, I'm just looking for a fair offer. I want to focus on the job first. It's not all about money. And, and if this is the right job, I want it to be a fair offer. Um, Make sure that you um, kind of keep benefits, questions, and questions about what's in it for you um, for after the face-to-face -face interview. This is not really a time to get into a ton of detail what's in it for you. Um, the goal here is to um, you know get your questions answered whether this is the right job. Um, help the manager understand that you, if you are the right person, help them understand that you are. And get yourself invited for a face-to-face -face interview. Um, you should show interest in this position no matter what. You don't want to turn someone off um, and you don't want to burn any bridges. Uh, you never know. I mean, even if it's the right not the right job, if you do this with a professional good attitude, um, maybe there's something else at a higher level or more exciting that comes, comes in the future. There's definitely a professional 
uh, way to uh, talk to people about whether it's or not it's the right job. Um, but what you don't want to do is be sort of um, cranky or pissed off on the phone. Hey, this isn't the right job. And you're wasting my time. Um, you know, you want to you want to hear the person out, have a good interview, and we'll talk about the closing and how we can um, handle that in a professional way when we talk about the format of the the interview. Um, but let's just get through this bullet list here really quick because we're almost at the end. Um, well, actually, that is the end. So let's talk about the format. So I told you in the, earlier on that you should have a clock um, when you're interviewing, and, and here's the reason why. Typically, a phone interview is going to last about 30 minutes. There's three sections to a phone interview. There's the introduction, the body, and the closing. Let's talk about what happens in the introduction. goal of the introduction is to get introduced. And uh, what that normally looks like is the manager gets on the phone and they say, hey, John, thanks for joining me. We're here to talk about the uh, ABZ position. I am the uh, VP of uh, XYZ. Tell me about yourself. And, uh, you know, at that point, this is where you should be able to tell your story. Now, telling your story is, again, probably a subject for an entire episode of this podcast. But right now, let's just say you want to have about a two to three minute brief synopsis of your career that you're really good at telling. You should practice it. And the way to get good at that is you're basically going to start from your education and you're going to go briefly through your experiences and your accomplishments in a way that's compelling and interesting and exciting. You're going to talk about what you learned in each job, what your major impact was, what um, what you grew, what promotions you had, uh, as well as why you changed jobs. And um, you should practice this story. You should practice it in front of the mirror. You should record this and listen to yourself. And you should time it because it really should be no more than two to three minutes. And it really should be interesting. It really should be exciting. And it should paint a picture. And the picture it should paint is that you're someone that is interesting, has accomplishments, gets things done, someone that you would want to hire. And so practice your story because that's how you're going to set the stage with somebody and focus on accomplishments, focus on your growth. Um, so that's that's kind of part of the introduction. The second part of the introduction is setting the stage for how you want the interview to go. So normally, you know, what I recommend for people is that you ask a question pretty early on in the interview, um, maybe after you've told your story, uh, maybe ideally before. So the person gets on the phone, they say, you know, John, thanks for talking to me about the ABC position. Um, I'm the director of XYZ. Uh, tell me about yourself. And what I recommend people do is say, okay, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Smith, um, thanks for meeting me as well. I am really excited to talk to you about this job, and I will tell you about myself. But before I do that, I want to make sure that I focus the conversation on things that are impactful for you. So can you just tell me three things that you're looking to get out of this phone interview or to understand about the person you would hire for this job? What are the three most important things that you're looking for in the person you hire or to get out of this phone interview? And I ask that really early, and I get my pen out, and I write it down. And normally people say, okay, well, let me think about that. Well, I'm looking for um, strong engineering experience, good leadership, and somebody that I can um, connect with and work well with. Okay. Well, um, well, we'll try to fix, you know, we'll try to spend some time in the interview talking about those, those areas. And guess what? You should. That should be the focus of your PAR stories or your Parla stories, or your SAR stories, is 
things that hit the items that that person's looking for. When you tell your personal career story in one to three minutes, those are the areas that you should hit harder. Because again, you want this person to focus in on the things that's important to them. One of the sales topics that I'll talk about throughout your my time with you is the idea that what people hear when they're talking to a salesperson, and right now when you're interviewing, you're a salesperson is blah, 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 until they hear something that's impactful for them, something they're interested in. So focus your time on what's interesting to them. And how do you know what's interesting to them? You got to ask. You have to ask. So ask them what's important to them. Ask them what's interesting to them and focus your story. Focus your interview on those things. So those are the key points in the introduction. If you're able to, you should also ask the person during the introduction, hey, can you tell me about yourself? Um, you might not be able to. It's okay if you don't. Again, what's more important is you probably want to spend about five to seven minutes max in the introduction. That's telling about yourself. That's asking the question. What are the th three most important things you're looking for in the person you're going to hire? And um, and any brief introductions about what the person that's interviewing you, you does and, um, and how they work. Um, in general, the phone interview should be a 50-50 exchange of information. It shouldn't be all you talking and it shouldn't be all the manager talking. And I'm going to put it on you, the interviewee, to lead the interview. That means... In terms of leading, I don't mean get into a wrestling match with the person about leading the interview. I mean in a tactful, professional, non-pushy way, make sure the interview follows a course that aligns with the things I'm telling you. Be on time. Do the 30 minutes. Be near the end at the 30-minute mark. Make it a 50-50 dialogue. Try to focus on these three areas. So um, enough about the introduction. Again, about five to seven minutes of which two to three minutes is going to be your story. Um, the body of the interview, which is probably going to be you know, about 15 minutes, is um, where the person's asking you questions and you're answering questions. And we talked a little bit about asking and answering questions. So I think we've covered that pretty well. So now we're going to get on to the closing of the interview, and this is the critical part of the interview. You've done the body, five to seven minutes. You've done, uh, sorry, you've done the introduction, five to seven minutes. You've done the body, 15 minutes. So now you're about 20 minutes in. You've got 10 minutes left, and this is the most important 10 minutes of the phone interview. So when you feel like it's getting to the closing, you have to be closing. If you, any of you have seen the sales movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I always like people to remember this simple adage, A, B, C, always be closing. And always be closing doesn't mean you have to be a pushy salesman. That's my job. What you have to do is make sure that you ask for the sale. And what's the sale? The sale here, as we said in the beginning of this discussion, was that you get the interview, that they invite you in for a face-to-face. -face. So we'll talk about how you do that in a couple minutes, but let's talk a little more about the closing. So in the closing, what you're going to do is you're going to ask another question. So we had one in the beginning, and your question in the beginning was, tell me the three things that are most important to you and the person you hire. You can say in a bunch of different ways, whatever's most comfortable for you, but that's the point, right? So at the closing, hopefully you do that in the beginning, because the closing sounds a lot like that. It says, hey, Mr. Hiring Manager, thanks for investing the time with me. This position sounds pretty interesting to me. 
as you said, you're looking for A, B, and C. As we've discussed, I have a ton of experience in A, B, and C. So I really think I bring a lot of value to this role. I would love to meet you face-to-face. -face. When can we do an interview? That's really critical. You just expressed interest. You just asked them for the interview. Now think about this. If the manager is doing three or four phone screens in a row, which is not uncommon, and one person completely bombs, and then one person does okay, and the other two are pretty good. But they don't have a lot of time, so they're only going to bring in one person. Those two people that did pretty good kind of were tough to differentiate. But one at the end of the interview said, oh, thanks for your time, Mr. Manager. And the other one said, thanks for your time. This sounds like a really good fit. I would love to meet you because I think I would add a lot of value to your organization. If you were that manager, which one would you choose? People choose the person who wants the job. One of the most common reasons that people are rejected in the interview process that I've seen in my two decades of recruiting is, you know, and, and I try to train managers, but they never really, really learn sometimes, is, well, the person just wasn't that interested. Okay, don't be that person. Be interested. Act interested. Act as if you're interested. You can always go through the process. You can always bow out later, but don't be ho-hum. And especially, don't be ho-hum if this is a job that's interesting, a job that you can want, that you want. This is your career. You have to show people that you want the job. So anyway, so that's, that's a little bit of the closing. Um, another part of the closing is, um, so you can tell them how you have these three things. You can tell them you want to meet with them. And then after that, you can ask one more question. This is my three questions. My third question is, hey, Mr. Manager, do you have any questions or concerns about my background or fit for the role? So to review those three questions again are, in the opening, hey, can you tell me the three things that are most important for you to learn in this interview or the three things that are most important in the person that you hire? The second question, hey, this job seems like it's a really interesting fit. As we talked about those three things, I, you know, I seem to have a lot of them. I think it's a good fit. I'm interested. When can I come in an interview? And the third question, do you have any questions or concerns about my background or fit for the role? And honestly, you can interchange those. A lot of times I would probably ask the do you have any questions about my background or fit before I asked about how when I could come in for an interview? So what I would do as it's going into the closing, I would say, hey, thanks for your time. This job seems pretty interesting. Do you have any questions or concerns about my background or fit? And um, basically, this is uh, a little bit about handling objections. So let's talk about that a little bit. So hopefully they do have questions or concerns about your background or fit. Um, and I say hopefully because you need to practice overcoming objections because you're my little salesperson. Now you're selling yourself. And so a little bit about overcoming objections. Again, probably an entire entire 45 minutes could be spent on this, but I know you'd probably be bored. Um, so let's talk about it. So when someone gives an objection, an objection, what that is, is a reason that people aren't buying. Again, buying is doing what you want them to do. And so when someone gives you an objection, what you're going to do is first, you're going to understand that objection. You're going to make sure you understand it. And the way you're going to make sure you're going to understand it is pretty similar to answering a question. You're going to repeat the objection back to them. So 
they say, yeah, you know, I, I think it was a good interview too, but, you know, I, I'm a little concerned because I didn't notice that you had a lot of C++ programming experience. So you're going to repeat it back to you and say, oh, Mr. Manager. So what you're saying is is that overall I did pretty well, but um, but you're concerned that I don't have enough C++ experience. And they say, yeah, I am pretty concerned. So my next question would be to qualify that. Well, how big a concern is is this? That's one way to do it. They say, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's like a 2. Okay, so it's not that big a concern. Okay, well... Um, and here's where you can go a couple different places. One, sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes you have these experiences, but you simply didn't spend the time talking about it or they didn't ask. In that case, start talking about it. Start telling them. Start telling them about your experiences. If you don't have the experience, there's a simple trick to turn that around. Is You can say, gee, you know what? You're right. I've had a lot of different programming languages, experience in a lot of different programming languages, but you know, I haven't touched C++ since I was in college. But that's exactly why I'm interviewing for this job. You know, it's very similar to these three other programming languages that I use. Hopefully it is. I don't know anything about C++, but I'm making it up. And um, you know, I think this would be a great development area for me. So hopefully the other um, boxes are checked for you, and hopefully it's a good fit, and hopefully we can get past it. Um, but that's where I am with C++. So you can either um, explain more about how you have the skill or experience, or you can um, turn it around into an opportunity. It just really depends. Um, so after you ask that question, what you're going to ask is another question, but I'm not going to call it a different question because it's the same thing. You're going to ask, is there any other concerns you have about my background or fit? Because some people are not um, super comfortable with that question, and so they'll give you a very softball answer. But once you effectively and professionally answer the, the, the first objection, they might come up with the real objection after that. So um, you want to ask at least twice so that you make sure that you understand what concerns they have. Because the worst thing you would want is them to get off the phone, um, not have thought about if they have any questions or concerns, think of something later, and just make an assumption, not ask, and then count you out. So you want to know where you stand at the end of the interview. And you want them to know where you stand, which is interested in the job. Um, asking for the interview. So um, that's uh, just a kind of a short brief uh, overview of how to be more effective in phone interviews.